0: Hey Branches, it's Colin. It's Tuesday, February 20th, and we're continuing in our reading and our journey through the Gospel of Mark. We're now in chapter three and we get three episodes today of maybe one of a a sequel about the Sabbath, a picture of Jesus kind of gaining some fame because of the healing and the transformations he's offering people. And last, his sending of the apostles and his naming of each of the the apostles. And part of that is a little bit of a spoiler uh, because Mark is looking back on Jesus' story in retrospect on one of the apostles in particular and what we can expect to see from him later in the story. If you're listening this morning on your way to work, you're listening to this on your lunch break, or you're catching up in the evening as you go to bed, we're glad you're here as you're listening to the Gospel of Mark this morning. As I said we're in Mark chapter 3. Hear this from the first verse through the 19th verse. It says this. Again he entered the synagogue and a man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand come forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the sabbath, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. He looked around at them with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. Jesus departed with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him. Hearing all that he was doing, they came to him in great numbers from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, beyond the Jordan, and the region around Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him, because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. For he had cured many, so that all who had diseases pressed upon him to touch him. Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and shouted, You are the Son of God. But he sternly ordered them not to make him known. He went up to the mountain and called to him those whom he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he had also named apostles, to be with him and to be sent out to proclaim the message, and to have authority to cast out demons. So he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the, the name Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder, and Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, son of, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. First, we get kind of a follow up to yesterday's reading where Jesus says that he's the Lord of the Sabbath, that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And that it was lawful, actually, in general for his disciples to pluck and eat grain on the Sabbath because they were hungry. He follows that up with really a test. Um, Well, first, he's tested. They want to see if he's going to cure this man with a withered hand so they might accuse him. Accuse him of what exactly is to work or to do this act of healing on the Sabbath day. Jesus, knowing from the previous episode and from today's reading, uh, knowing that that they would test him on this, he'd test them in return, (laughs) ask them this question Is it good or bad for me to heal this man? Is it good to save life or to kill on the Sabbath? The answer is obvious. I think if you look in your own conscience, you know it's good. It's good on the Sabbath day. It's good in the time of rest where we're reflecting on God to also offer transformation and healing and hope on the Sabbath day, even if technically, even if by the letter of the law, it's unlawful. It angers Jesus that nobody answers him when he asks this question. It's kind of the psychological concept of the bystander effect, like everybody knows what the right thing to say is, but nobody wants to say it because for so long they've been abiding by the law The law's sake. And he's angered at their hardness of heart. He's angered that they're not moved as he is moved with compassion by the love of God to heal this man's hand. Uh, After he does this, of course, we hear that the Pharisees uh, and the Herodians conspire together not just to imprison him or to send him somewhere else or to kill him or to maim him, but to destroy him. They're threatened by his ability to have authority even over the law even over the Sabbath itself, even over this thing that they've been doing for so long together as a community, they're threatened because their power and influence is being taken away by this new first century prophet and rabbi. Then we see again a sign of Jesus's authority, but also of his gaining fame, that the people he's healed, and in fact, he's told them not to tell anyone, have told people because they're whole again and they can't help but tell people. Again, it's that maybe question of, uh, reverse psychology is he telling them not to tell so that they'll tell even more this news about Jesus just cannot be contained and so everyone who's diseased in any way he just wants to even be near him not just to be spoken to or to be healed directly but just to to be near him and to touch him and then we hear again unclean spirits demons verbally saying you are the son of God There's something about being in the presence of Jesus that brings this identifying name come out of the mouths of unclean spirits. But Jesus, again, orders them not to tell anyone. He has some specific purpose for keeping his identity secret. Then we get a picture of Jesus going up onto the mountain, some specific mountain, and gathering the twelve who he's going to send. That's what the word apostle actually means, sent ones. And Jesus is sending them specifically to proclaim the message, that is that God has come, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent and believe the gospel, and to have that same authority to cast out demons, this power on God's behalf to clean the unclean. And so he appoints them and we get all their names. I just have to say personally, uh, Sons of Thunder, great nickname, really rad, wish uh, that was my nickname. We see all of these apostles' names, some of whom you may be familiar with from other stories in the Bible. And then, of course, this very specific spoiler for the rest of the story, that he appointed one of the twelve, Judas Iscariot, and this was the one who betrayed him. Past tense. Mark is looking back on this completed story of Jesus and says, this is the one who betrayed him. Now, if you're reading this for the very first time, you come to expect, we know who the villain is in the story. We know who's going to give Jesus over. And there's a question here about, well, then why does Jesus appoint him? We have a lot of understanding about Jesus that he knows a lot. He's insightful. We just saw earlier in Mark's gospel, his ability to kind of divine or understand, or maybe even telepathically see what people are thinking or feeling about a certain situation. And yet he appoints Judas Iscariot some people say for the specific purpose to betray him so that Jesus could be crucified. Others say, and I kind of lean this direction in some sense to include even those who would betray him, to encircle those and love those that even would deny him. Peter being among that group of people as well. And so as we continue to read in Mark's gospel, I think that's a few things for us to reflect on together. What does it mean to be sent? Do you feel like you're sent by Jesus Do you feel like you have that apostolic calling to share the message and by God's authority to clean the unclean? Are you uh, with the Pharisees or the Herodians or the disciples or the ones great in number who are sick surrounding themselves with each other and pressing in on Jesus even just to be near him, to be healed? Have you experienced that healing of Jesus? Are you a bystander when it comes to doing good even though it might be against the law? Are you among those that have the answer, but are too afraid to say it? I think there's a lot to reflect on, especially as we read these three episodes today. They tell us a lot about who Jesus is. But I think one place that we can zero in on is Jesus's heart and compassion for the hurting and the broken, and his anger when people stand idly by when there's good to do in the world. Maybe that's our challenge for today and for the rest of this week. If you see some good, an opportunity to do good in the three feet around you, to do it. Hope to see you tomorrow as we continue reading Mark's Gospel together. Thanks for listening today.